We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ready, down, put, 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 put. This is the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming. Aaron Lemming. Providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. And welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. We are just two days away now from the time of recording this from the NFL draft. It's finally here, the big event of the offseason. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming, and we have a big show for you today. We are joined for a special interview with Windy City Gridirons, Jacob Infante, to talk draft um, Chicago Bears and kind of who he thinks the Bears are going to take and what position they're in right now to possibly trade up. And we'll also get to the latest Bears news as Ryan Pace met the media today, but really did not say much um, as expected. Before we get into all that, though, let's welcome in Aaron and Aaron Man, I said it, the draft's finally here. I know you're excited about it. How's it been going, man? Oh, man, I'm just glad. I'm just glad we're finally here. I, it's You know, draft week is always a little easier to get through at work. It's a little easier to get through the week because you know that basically when all said and done, you're going to be sitting at home for basically, you know, the better part of basically three days, you know, just watching the draft and, you know, enjoying it and getting, you know, pissed off and being happy and do whatever, you know, it's just like, I love the draft. And, you know, uh, you know, fortunately for me, it's kind of one of those things too, where my girlfriend's actually getting her second COVID shot uh, right about the time that the, you know, on, on Thursday. So it's like, it'll be nice because if she has any reactions and we can just hang out and there's no, you know, I don't have to go out and do anything. So it's just kind of nice to be able to know that, you know, this is going to be a weekend full of the draft and, you know, because that's kind of the cool thing is, right, you know, those seven rounds, we get three days out of it. But then right after that ends, 
then all of a sudden you got, you know, undrafted free agency mania. And I mean, that's always interesting in its own. And I think this year, you know, with as polarizing as everybody's claiming the draft to be, I mean, there could be some interesting undrafted free agents out there. And, you know, looking at the Bears roster right now, they need competition, they need youth, and they need depth. So I, I think they're going to be bigger players in undrafted free agency than we've seen um, over the last year or two just because their roster is not nearly as set and they don't have as much depth. So I'm just, like I said, I'm just glad it's finally here and, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday night and, you know, probably by the time most people listen to it, it's going to be probably, I'd guess, midday Wednesday. So it's, the draft's going to be right around the corner by the time everybody listens to this. So it's going to be even even closer and even nicer. Yeah, and the Bears do have a first-round pick this year for the first time in a couple seasons, so they'll they'll make it a little bit more interesting. Um, as you mentioned, you know, you get kind of ticked off or mad or even happy. For us Bears fans, you know, over the past couple years, it's been more um, being kind of pissed off <laughs> rather than happy. But you know what? The draft's a place where you can improve your roster and you can take that first step in terms of changing your franchise and potentially finding, you know, a couple core pieces for the future and the bears right now are sitting at number 20 you know they they could trade up they could trade back they could just sit there at 20 and take an offensive tackle defensive back or you know potentially a a wide receiver in that spot but you know one thing that is kind of been the hot topic has been the quarterback position for chicago and when they addressed it by bringing in andy dalton and as it stands right now andy dalton's a starter with nick Foles being the backup behind him and i can't you know, imagine they're going to go into next season with that plan. It's just my thought. I, I, I think they are going to look at potentially bringing in a rookie, and they have a couple options. You know, they could very well move up. Uh, you know, we saw Brad Biggs mock today, and he had them trading up to number four for Trey Lance. I, I don't think that's very likely. I think the best case scenario for the Bears in terms of trade up is someone like Justin Fields falling, you know, maybe to that eight to ten range. Um, and, and trying to land him. Otherwise, we're probably going to be looking at, you know, a Kellen Mond, a Davis Mills, and maybe even a Kyle Trask in the second round, potentially third round. I, I do think teams are going to panic and, and overdraft those three quarterbacks, and I do think they're probably going to go in that second round, which for me, I, I'm not a fan of. I don't think a, any of them really move the needle. But listen to Ryan Pace talk today, and he really didn't say much, as expected. You know, he never really says much. He's not going to tip his hand. He did talk a lot about quarterbacks, and, you know, one of the things he said was he likes the depth of this class. Not only the five guys that are probably going to go in the first, you know, 10 to 12 picks, but, you know, the, the crop behind them of the three that I mentioned, plus someone like Jamie Newman or, or even Felipe Franks later on in the draft – I know we've talked about this before, Aaron, but where do you kind of stand with things? And was there anything that really stood out to you from Pace's quarterback comments today? Well, I'm just going to go out on a giant limb here and guarantee that the Bears are going to take a quarterback this year. You know, I, I know that's a giant limb to go out on. It's probably very controversial for me to say. But, of course, the Bears are going to take a quarterback. I mean, here, like you said, I mean, if they don't trade up in the first round, I would be shocked if they don't take one before the end of day two. I mean, that's just where we're at right now. And like you said, you cannot go into the season. You just can't do it. You cannot go into the season with Nick Foles and Andy Dalton as your two quarterbacks on the roster. You just can't do it. It just, you know, and you can't just add Tyler Brady to the mix and call it a day. Like, you have to do something in order to try to save your jobs, to save face, whatever you're trying to save, you got to save something. Because I can tell you right now, it, there's not going to be very many happy fans 
at all if the Bears go into the season with Andy Dalton as a starter and Nick Foles as the backup. There's there's minimal upside. There's no youth there. You need something to be able to hold on to to say, yeah, well, at least we've got this guy. Even if it's like Philly, you know, last year where they take Jalen Hurts in the second round and they move to him later on in the lost year, whatever it may be, at least you have something to hold on to in terms of hope. So, I, I mean, I, there's just no way. There's no way the Bears are not going to take a quarterback this weekend. Um, I think it's going to be high. I think it's going to I, – I personally think it's going to be within the first two rounds of the draft. Uh, but we'll see. But in terms of what Pace said, Pace never says anything. I mean, really what it comes down to is he's he's always been the guy, and I think it kind of rubbed, you know, rubbed off of John Fox to where – they locked down House Hall and made it Fort Knox, and he has just bought more and more into that culture as things have gone on, and yet here we are where they're not even live streaming their pressers anymore, and we basically have to rely on you know you guys that were actually on these calls to be able to relay the information of what Ryan Pace said, which, again, was ultimately nothing. So really what this comes down to is get a dartboard out and put every single position on that dartboard and just throw a dart or two at it. And really, I mean, you couldn't do much wrong in this, in this, you know, in this position in terms of what they need. I think obviously the focus needs to be on the offensive side of the ball for the majority of the, you know, the first two days of the draft. But I mean, the bears have holes all over this roster. They don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of youthful upside on this roster. And like you pointed out, this is the first time that they've had a first-round pick since 2018 when they took Roquan Smith. I mean, this this is also, if you go back and you look at their last few draft class, um, you know, you're missing first-round picks, you're missing second-round picks, you're missing third-round picks. That is one of those moves where, again, I, and I'm not saying I regret the Khalil Mack deal at all, but that, that's kind of one of those things where you sell – a lot of your future off on top of trading an extra, you know, you basically trade up for Anthony Miller and you give up that first, that second round pick uh, the prior year, you know, the next year and all that stuff. These are the kind of sacrifices that you make hoping that you've got the right quarterback. Obviously the bears don't have the right quarterback and now they're right back in the same, you know, exact situation that they are. But again, there's a ton of needs on this. The, the, the offensive side of the ball, the defense side of the ball, again, throw a dart at the dartboard and wherever it lands, you can probably make a good argument one way or another. Now, again, me personally, I'm focusing on quarterback. I'm focusing on offensive line. I'm focusing at receiver, maybe tight end. You need an offensive playmaker within these first three rounds. You probably need an offensive tackle within these first three rounds. And then between quarterback and cornerback, you got to figure out what you're going to do there. But, I mean, really the Bears have more needs than they do picks in the top end of this draft. But, again, I guess that's what's probably going to make it interesting. Yeah, and, you know, I, I did find one thing that was kind of non-draft related. We're going to have more draft talk with, with our interview with Jacob Fonte, But one thing that was non-draft related that I thought was kind of interesting that Ryan Pace said was, the second portion of the Bears offseason program, the portion, you know, right now they're, they have players there working out in the weight room. They can't really do anything too much else. The next portion kind of kicks off May 17th, and that's kind of been a hot topic because it's on-field workouts. Um, it's the mini camps. And, you know, some teams have said, yeah, we're, we're not going to show up. We don't feel like it's safe to show up. And the NFLPA has kind of pushed that um, and pushed on the players to recommend not showing up. And, you know, we talked to Ryan Pace today, and he did say he expects a good amount – he expects a good turnout and then kind of went on to say, you know, close to 90% of his players will show up at House Hall. 
on May 17th for the workouts. And kind of his reasoning was, you know, he, he felt, he feels like the team knows that they can achieve a lot and that they're close to winning and close to getting back to that, you know, um, that part of, or, you know, getting back to winning the NFC North again and putting it all together. And he feels the excitement with the team. And then, you know, with the Brian Piccolo award, we got to talk to Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and both of them were kind of noncommittal when asked about, you know, are you going to show up? Is this going to be a team decision? Stuff like that. And, you know, the Bears haven't – from all I know, the Bears players have not had a team meeting on a decision if they are. But it is an interesting storyline to kind of watch because last season, you know, these players didn't get that full off season. They were not really on the field. They had to practice by themselves at high schools and kind of get together to throw. They weren't on the field until training camp in late July. So they missed rookie minicamp. They missed uh, veterans minicamp. They missed um, OTAs in June, things like that. And it was all virtual, but that's not the same as being on the field. And for me, that only benefits the veterans on the team. The rookies are the guys that kind of need to be out there and need to get those reps and show, you know, these are chances because typically during these OTAs, you know, these are chances for, you know, sixth, seventh round undrafted guys to get some run with the first team and try to earn a roster spot. So all this does is benefit the veterans. And I'm kind of curious to see how this is going to play out not only with the Bears, but the rest of the NFL. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because, you know, and we're kind of seeing it with the other sports, with the NBA, with the NHL, with the MLB, where COVID is still obviously hasn't gone away and vaccinations are becoming more and more common, but none of these leagues have jumped to the front of the line. And, you know, there's been, I don't know if I'd say resistance, but I would definitely say that there's been some reluctance uh, within these sports circles in terms of these guys going out and getting the vaccines, which is kind of, you know, in theory is going to be the key to getting things somewhat back to normal and getting more safe. So, yeah, how things pan out during the offseason program is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for a team like the Bears because obviously they got another new quarterback coming in. They're probably going to, dra- you know, they're going to draft another quarterback. And, you know, just the differences, luckily they don't have any, you know, big changes within the coaching staff, anything like that, uh, you know, that you really have to worry about. I guess Sean Desai, you know, a defensive coordinator, but I would assume that they're pretty much going to run the same type of defense that they have been running. But, you know, all in all, it's just kind of one of those things. I don't think it's going to affect the Bears as much as it would affect a team like the Texans who have signed basically 50,000 free agents that are all expected to have some sort of impact versus the Bears where really they haven't had a lot of splash moves. There's not going to be a ton of new faces in terms of when you're looking at the starters or you're looking at impactful players on the team in 2021. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. And then, you know, moving forward into May and June, and then obviously, you know, how different things look during training camp. And, you know, you'd like to see, more of a full off season, even if it's just working out and kind of getting on the field a little bit to get these guys a little bit more ready. Because as we saw, I mean, there was quite a few, you know, injuries last year and there always is in, in, in training camp. And, you know, obviously they didn't have any sort of preseason. I think the other big thing is going to be having that preseason where again, I get it, man. I, I man, I, I watch usually get through the, about the half of the first preseason game. And the lore is just completely worn off the entire, things, you know, having three preseason games instead of four will definitely help. Uh, but I do think that there needs to be a level of preseason play just to make sure that these guys are ready to go and the injuries aren't there and the, the play is sharper as a whole. But yeah, it's going to be 
an interesting offseason because we're kind of in that middling point. Last year, everything was completely shut down. We didn't know if there was going to be a football season. And this year, we know that things are progressing in the right direction in terms of COVID, but we don't know how much different things are going to be from last year, especially when you're talking these workouts and these practices in May and June, and then obviously moving into training camp and getting some sort of preseason this year. Yeah, and, you know, to be honest, we could hear – a decision made um, in terms of, you know, what the Bears plan on doing. I'm, I'm guessing that's likely going to happen ahead of that May 17th phase two beginning. Um, but, you know, it also could be a situation where we don't know and certain amount of players are there, certain amount are not. Um, either way, I, you know, I do think getting these players back onto the field and kind of moving in the right direction here in terms of COVID uh, with the cases kind of, you know, declining here in Illinois – that's good news. Now it's just going to be, you know, do the players show up or do they feel like it's safe to show up? And if they don't, you know, the next time we're going to see them is training camp, which, you know, typically is July. Last year it started different because of, you know, the COVID issues. and It was late July. So, you know, we won't see them until then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, and then, you know, from there, the preseason schedule and then it's the regular season. So, but yeah, but before all that, though, we got to talk a little bit more draft. And we welcomed on Jacob Infante of Windy City Gridiron and the Draft Network. He does a great job of covering the NFL draft, you know, breaking down the film, breaking down prospects, giving out his rankings, his mock drafts and all that. So it's a good interview. He gave us a lot of insight, not only on what the Bears could do, but maybe how the top part of the draft at number four at Atlanta, how that could really determine what's going to happen the rest of the way. So we'll play that interview after this, and then we'll be right back to give our predictions on the draft and, and wrap things up. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Jacob Infante, the lead draft analyst for Windy City Gridiron and writer for the Draft Wire. He's been covering 
the draft all year long. And as we are here now, just a couple of days away, we thought it'd be a good idea to bring him in and give us his insight on this 2021 NFL draft. Jacob, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. Absolutely, Zach. Thank you so much for having me on you too, Aaron. I mean, it's always a blast. Oh God. Great voice crack to start off the show. Uh, <laughs> wow. No, all right. So th- this is how it's going to be. I see how it is, but yeah, it's always a you know blast talking with you guys and I had a fun time last year. So I'm excited to be able to talk draft with you guys. Yeah. I mean, so let's kind of get into it. You know, the draft is in a couple of days here. We're recording this on a Tuesday um, and we kind of know what's going to happen essentially with the first two picks. It's going to be Trevor Wilson, Zach uh, Trevor Lawrence, sorry, Zach Wilson. Um, after that, though, in my opinion, I think it really gets going um, with Atlanta because I think we know that either Mac Jones or Trey Lance is going to San Francisco. What are kind of your thoughts on uh, what Atlanta is going to do, and how does that kind of shape up the board for everyone else? Yeah, so seen, and granted, this is coming from me with no, like, sources of my own, but from what I've seen – it seems like the Falcons will go with either Trey Lance or Kyle Pitts. Uh, that's just what I've gathered because I haven't seen anything tying them to Mac Jones, anything tying them to Justin Fields. I feel like they have Matt Ryan under contract for you know a few more years, and they really can't get rid of that contract for at least another year or two. Uh, so they're going to get someone who's going to sit for at the absolute minimum until like 2023 maybe, let's just say. So I feel like if the Falcons are going to take a quarterback, it's going to be that high ceiling guy who can develop for a little bit. I think that would be Trey Lance. If not, I think Kyle Pitts would really do a great job of helping boost that offense and maximize Matt Ryan's, I don't want to say title window because that team's not the title contender with that defense, but maximize Matt Ryan's ability while he's still there and before he truly uh, gets too old to the point where he starts declining. Uh, so, and again, I think that if the 49ers go Mac Jones, my guess is the Falcons would take Trey Lance, but, and truthfully, I'm so 50, 50 about whether the 49ers will take Mac Jones or Trey Lance or what have you. So I I really don't know what's going to happen. Those, uh, that three and four pick, but I think if I had to shoot a shot right now, I'd say 49ers go Mac Jones and Falcons take Trey Lance. And Kyle Pitts goes kind of soon after. I don't think he'd be the pick at five, but my, I'd suspect that he'd at the very least go six to Miami, let's just say. All right, now let me let me ask you this here, uh, and maybe this will ring off the top of your head, and right before we started this podcast, we are looking at the 2013 draft class. Who was the number two overall pick in that draft class? Do you remember? That was... That was Luke Jokel, right? Yep, you nailed it. Yeah, that we were just going oh. over how terrible that class was. And <laughs> so, so for a real question here, like you know, we just got you just kind of got done talking about the quarterbacks and Mac Jones versus Trey Lance at three and four, um, or who's going to go at three more of the point and who could go at four if you know if Jones was taken. Now, try to explain this to me because this is something, and I, and I feel like I'm one of probably thousands of people that are trying to understand this as well. Why isn't Justin Fields going number three? And why is there so much helium with Mac Jones right now? Because if you look from a tools perspective, uh, Fields and Lance are sky high above anything that Jones has to offer in the physical tools aspect. So why is Mac Jones even being talked about for the number three overall pick? And why is he even being considered uh, other than the, the, the fifth best quarterback in this class? 
Uh, I, I wish I could tell you. I really do. Uh, because I think that Justin Fields is on another level when compared to Trey Lance and Mac Jones. And that's no slight at either of those two guys. Don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like both of them can be solid starters in the league. But I just feel like Justin Fields, I don't know who it was on Twitter who posted it, but Trey Lance is the big-armed athletic guy who's kind of raw from a processing standpoint. Uh, and then Mac Jones is the guy who's a bit more accurate and you know mentally sound and prepared, but he doesn't have a high ceiling athletically or physically. Justin Fields... Both has a high athletic ceiling, and he's a good processor. So I really don't get why the 49ers wouldn't go for Justin Fields. My gut is Kyle Shanahan looks at Mac Jones and says, okay, I see a guy who reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan. Maybe not the best athlete, but he's really accurate. He's smart, pre-snap, able to make those diagnoses. Uh, And he wants to replicate that success that he had with the Falcons a couple years ago. That's just my gut feeling. I really don't know if that's the truth or not. And then with the Falcons, I feel like it's just a matter of, okay, if we're taking a quarterback, he's not going to start for a while. Might as well shoot. If they have, if they think Trey Lance is a higher upside than Justin Fields, then that's probably the pick they should make. Just because with that developmental prospect, you're shooting high. So that's something they can afford to do, I guess. But I don't see Justin Fields as... QB4 in this class, let alone QB5, I feel like he's much closer to QB2 for me than he is QB5. And truth be told, I have Zach Wilson and Justin Fields as 2A and 2B, really. I love both of their games. And if anyone has Justin Fields above Zach Wilson, I don't blame them in the slightest. So, yeah, I really don't get why people are hating on Justin Fields or sleeping on him to the extent that they are, but it's just confusing to me. I feel like he's the type of guy we're going to look back on five years from now and say, how did and the NFL allow him to be the fifth quarterback taken in this, this draft class? Yeah, and I tend to agree with you. I do think Justin Fields is closer to two than he is five, and it's just kind of crazy to see him you know, fall back a little bit here as, as the draft yeah. approaches. Now, the Bears need a quarterback. I'm not sold that they're going to go in here with Andy Dalton this season as their starter and not have someone, you know, a rookie to kind of – uh, maybe come in and replace him if, if things kind of go bad. What is the Bears' best pa- best path to a quarterback? And um, is it you know a trade up? Are they going to wait in the second round? Wait in the third round for someone like Kellen Mond? Yeah. So personally, I and I've I've said this throughout the draft process. This is just my own personal philosophy that you take a quarterback in round one, or you wait until day three. And sure, it that kind of varies in terms of oh how highly do you value the backup quarterback position which in that case if you really value a backup then sure you know take him round three whatever you know that's totally fine but if you want a quarterback you shoot for a guy who's either pro ready enough to go round one or is a high enough ceiling to go round one so I'm I'm pretty I've been pretty vocal about not wanting the Bears to reach for Davis Mills or Kellen Mond uh you know, both are talented quarterbacks, don't get me wrong. I just don't see starters or franchise quarterbacks when I see either of those guys. And taking the guy that early, I feel like that's a decent enough swing to the point where you can say, all right, you know, maybe Davis Mills can be our guy going forward. Uh, and with this roster, I think that's too big of a swing to take on someone who's, you know, pretty raw or unproven. Because looking forward, I uh, – 
I actually just wrote a bit about this on Windy City Gridiron that literally went live like right before we uh, we started this recording. Uh, but there are going to be a lot of long-term needs for this team. Like we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Allen Robinson if he's sticking around. Uh, we're going to well, they're going to need another U tight end. Uh, some a couple offensive linemen or two maybe. Uh, Defensive line, Akeem Hicks is going to be a free agent uh, after the 2021 season. Bilal Nichols will be as well. Edge rusher, both Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are, you know, north of 30. Uh, Danny Trevathan's aging at linebacker. I can go on and on and on, but there are going to be a lot of holes that this team is going to have to address, you know, not just this year, but next year as well. Uh, And I really don't see having that second round pick, using it on a guy that, at least in my opinion, probably isn't going to be much more than a backup. Uh, So (laughs) I've been rambling a bit, but I'm just not a big fan of reaching for a quarterback in that range. If you can trade up in round one, say if Justin Fields falls, I say absolutely go for it. Say if he's there in that, you know, six to eight range, obviously trading with Detroit would be difficult uh, because they're not going to want to, you know, secure that, oh, our division rival is going to trade up and get their guy at quarterback for the next 10 or so years. But if you can move up with Miami, if you can move up even with, uh, it's escaping me, Carolina at eight there, then I say if you're the Bears, go for it. You can afford to take a risk on a first-round quarterback, in my opinion. If not, I'd much rather they wait until, like, you know, round five or round four if they're able to acquire a pick in that round. Jamie Newman's a guy I like on day three. I'd much rather they take a shot with him, who arguably has as high of a ceiling as a Kellen Mond or a Davis Mills, uh, but could be had a lot later. Well, I mean, you kind of you kind of nail it there. The, the thing the thing about this is is obviously everything starts at the quarterback position for the Bears, but the Bears coming into this offseason never had a realistic path to a good quarterback, and it kind of still feels that way barring some sort of crazy trade-up and they're able to land Justin Fields. I mean, we keep focusing on Justin Fields because, at least to me, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be that guy, and I don't think Trey Lance is going to get far enough there, you know, even though Brad Biggs had them mocked to the Bears at number four in a big trade today with Atlanta. I just don't see uh, Trey Lance as somebody that, you know, is that guy. But transitioning away a little bit from the quarterback position – Keeping on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, let's just let's just say that they stay at 20. Let's say that they can't maneuver a trade-up. They can't do anything crazy, and they're stuck at 20. I don't think they're going to reach for a quarterback that high. Uh, obviously, a, a trade-down could be an option. We talk about this every year. It seems like, you know, trading down, trading up, whatever it may be. If they stay at 20, what makes the most sense? Because offensive line's in need, receiver's in need, corner's in need. I mean, you can go on and on and on, but I think this 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 first-round pick has to be focused on the offensive side of the ball. So if they can't go quarterback, where do they go? Yeah, so I have two guys in particular that I really like for the Bears at 20, and that's Tevin Jenkins, the tackle out of Oklahoma State, and Rashad Bateman, the receiver out of Minnesota. I like both of those guys uh, because I feel like they fit Major needs, you know, like you said, I feel like uh, offensive tackle is a big need going forward. They don't have much long-term investment at that position. And wide receiver, you have Allen Robinson, you have Darnell Mooney. You don't know what you're going to do in the slot. Uh, You don't know if Allen Robinson's going to be there long-term. I agree with you, Aaron. I feel like long-term offensive, an offensive pick needs to be made here at 20. Uh, 
and considering the value and how good of an offensive class this is, I feel like you can definitely find some good value. So it's not just like, oh, uh, we have a need on offense. We have to address this need in, you know, at this pick. Just how good of an offensive class it is. I feel like it would be very smart of the Bears to use that first-round pick, which, you know, they haven't had since 2018 when they drafted Roquan Smith. So they haven't had much of a chance to invest high-end capital in this offense, and I think it shows. So whether it's offensive line or receiver, uh, I think that's the area the Bears need to focus on. Uh, I can I can get the argument for a cornerback. I love both Caleb Farley and Greg Newsom, and I won't be mad if either of those guys are the pick, but I feel like both of them have injury concerns, and at that point you go with someone like Rashad Bateman who – you know, doesn't have such concerns, and he's, you know, consistently put together very good seasons each of the last two years for Minnesota. Or a guy like Tevin Jenkins, who really took a big step in 2020 and looked the part of a nasty building block along the offensive line for an NFL team. So those are two guys that I love at 20. Uh, There are a couple others that I'd say, okay, you know, I'm fine with that pick, but those are the two that really stick out to me. And, you know, both of them are on the offensive side of the ball. And to kind of go off of that, I mean, you just talked about it a little bit. Is there any pick that would, you know, let's say, you know, quarterback falling, we'll, we'll rule that out. Um, I don't think the Bears are going to take Davis Mills in the first round. Is there anything maybe outside of quarterback that would kind of shock you um, at number 20? I mean, we've seen an edge rusher already mocked to the Bears in a couple different mocks. Is that a position you'd kind of stay away from or – yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really address Ed Rusher until day three. That's just my view on it. I mean, yes, Ed Rusher is going to be a need next offseason more than likely. Uh, you know, if they cut Robert Quinn and try and save some cap space or whether he bounces back and they want to keep him around for another year, you know, that remains to be seen. But they do lack youth at that position, but that's not a position that I'm targeting this year just because of how many other immediate needs they have. That's more of a luxury pick, in my opinion. That's something like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could draft an edge rusher in the first round, even though they have uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, because uh, how well their roster was constructed in terms of keeping guys around for this year and how few immediate needs they have. They can afford to take an edge rusher to eventually maybe replace uh, Jason Pierre-Paul by the time that he leaves, possibly this next offseason. But I don't think the Bears are in that same area where they can take that big of a risk. Well, not even not even that big of a risk, but just that much of a luxury. Because if you're drafting an edge rusher, he's probably not making much of an impact in, round one, in year one because you got Khalil Mack there. You got Robert Quinn there, who's still going to take up a decent amount of the touch of the snaps, rather. Jeez. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of just any defensive position outside of corner. I can understand corner, but even then, you do have Desmond Trufant. I think that's something you can wait until day two to invest in because I really like the day two talent this cornerback class has to offer. Yeah, so kind of moving on, obviously we've covered the first round in you know detail here. Moving on to rounds two and three especially and obviously into day three, you know, again, there's so many needs on this team, but I, I think that we can realistically look and say, okay, the Bears don't have a fourth round pick. They got a second, they got a third round pick as of right now. Um, and then they, you know, they got a fifth round pick and then a host of sixth round picks. But those are those those day three picks are not really, you know, 
picks that you're going to count on uh, moving forward into 2021 as impact kind of players. So moving into those those second and third round picks, where do you think the Bears are best, you know, going to be able to best address their needs? Because you look at corner, you look at receiver, you look at offensive line, even quarterback, which it feels like if they don't take a quarterback in the first round, they're going to force one in the second or third round. But where are the Bears going to be able to get the most bang for their buck? Because it seems like a decently deep corner class. It seems like a decently deep uh, receiver class. I think tight ends kind of iffy. You know, you pointed out defensive line, which kind of feels like a down year for the defensive line as well. But in terms of the second, third round, is there any positions, any names that you've really kind of targeted as, as guys that the Bears should be looking at to get better in 2021 and beyond? Yeah, so I'm looking at wide receivers especially. If they don't go with a Rashad Bateman in round one or, you know, take a shot on Kadarius Toney, which, I mean, I'd be okay with. I wouldn't necessarily be ecstatic with it. But I would really like if the Bears uh, took a receiver on day two just because of the talent that I think can make an immediate impact. Uh, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss has gotten – a little bit of first-round hype, but I think he's going to go round two. Uh, one of the most dynamic and explosive weapons in this class. I'm a big fan of his game. Uh, Rondale Moore, if he happens to fall, if teams are worried about his medicals and his injury history, I think he's a dynamic weapon. Uh, you can move him around a lot of different places on the field. I have him as my receiver five. Uh, so I'm probably a bit higher on him than the league is. And then you're looking into guys like Dwayne Eskridge maybe you could target him if a situation I really like is if the Bears did something like they did in 2016 where they traded back uh in the second round you don't have to do it twice but if you do it just once you can pick up a fourth round pick more than likely uh, and you can still end up with a guy like Dwayne Eskridge who you know maybe a little bit older for a prospect but he's athletic coming out of the slot he's dynamic and I feel like he's shown a lot of promise as a route runner and incredible after the catch. So those are a couple guys I like uh, on day two for the Bears. It's a really talented slot receiver class specifically. And I feel like that plays in well for the Bears. I can see them going away from that archetype because, you know, they targeted Kenny Galladay in free agency and they've moved guys around. They've been showing uh, whether it's inside or outside with their receivers, like Allen Robinson's played on the boundary and in the slot plenty of times. So they're versatile with receivers, but if they want a true slot archetype, I feel like this is a great year to get one. Uh, And then corner, I definitely agree is another big one in terms of that depth in the class. I feel like you can get a, a strong, solid starter in rounds two or three at the corner position. Maybe not, as much along offensive line because I feel like there's going to be a big run on offensive linemen early in round two. So you might be looking at a little bit of leftovers, someone who can has, has a high ceiling but might not be able to start right away and compete with Jermaine Effetti for that right tackle role. But at corner, I really like Paulson Adebo out of Stanford. I feel like he's been kind of a forgotten man in this class, just his physicality instincts and route recognition and ball skills. I feel like he brings a lot to the table. Uh, another guy like Aaron Robinson out of UCF looked really good at the senior bowl. Bigger guy, physical guy. And then if it's someone like Asante Samuel Jr. falls to round two, then I would absolutely love it because he's he's one of my favorite corners to watch play in this class. I feel like he's scrappy, intelligent, he's athletic, brings a lot to the table. I like 
and I know this sounds kind of uh, cliche, he brings a similar edge to the game that uh, not only his dad brought, but Antoine Winfield Jr. brought last year. And obviously he's a safety and Antoine and Asante Samuel is a corner. But I feel like, you know, a bit undersized but scrappy defensive back who plays smart and plays athletic and plays tough. So that, that, I'm not going to say that's a comparison I have because obviously it's different positions and they're different players. But in that same mold, I really liked Antoine Winfield Jr. at safety. Uh, and I really like Asante Samuel at corner this year. So if the Bears come away with, say, all right, so offensive tackle, receiver, corner, and quarterback, those are probably the four biggest needs for the Bears, right? So I'm not going to say forcing a positional need. If they can come away with three of those four in the first three rounds, I would be ecstatic. If they come away with two of them, I would be very happy. It's a very talented class at a lot of those positions. I mean, quarterback for a different reason for it's so top heavy, but O-line is deep, receivers deep, corners deep. The Bears have needs at pretty big positions in terms of how premier they are. Uh, and I'm just going to say this is a very good year to need those positions. So if the Bears play their cards right, this could be a huge year to, you know, build around, say if they're able to make the playoffs to get some quality contributors, but if not, uh, to fuel up a rebuild in the future. So it's a really important draft class for the Bears for sure. And as we've been talking here for the past couple of minutes, uh, ESPN just showed about a 10-minute segment on Mitchell Trubisky being drafted in 2017 in the Bears quarterback problem. So that kind of brought back some terrible memories. But um, <laughs> my last question for you, Jacob, I don't know if Aaron has another one left, but uh, you did a lot of the scouting over the years, uh, over the year on this draft class, and you also were in the pro day um, press conferences and all of that stuff. Was there a prospect that maybe you weren't high on going into your draft process? Let's say maybe in somewhere, you know, December, January, that you kind of come around to, and maybe someone that could just, you know, climb up draft boards and be a star. Yeah, Zach. So there's one guy that. I have to admit, I kind of feel like a fool for this. There's a specific player. I said that his teammate at wide receiver was better than him, even though one of them was a lot more highly touted. I went back and watched Deami Brown, the receiver out of North Carolina. And I know, Zach, you're a big North Carolina guy, so correct me yep. if I'm mispronouncing that. that that's uh, his name, yep. Deami, okay, perfect. So I wasn't all that high on him for a while and I, I saw a guy you know he's raw I he didn't stand out like to an elite degree in any particular area to me uh but then I went back and watched him and I'll admit I don't see like late first round early second round hype that he's been getting but I do see him as a solid day two prospect now I've come around to him as you know an athletic deep threat who's got solid length to him uh, he's shown some promise as a technician, maybe not quite there yet, but he's, he's athletic. He's got really good ball skills. Uh, I'm starting to come around to him and as weird as it is to say, I wouldn't hate him for the bears in round two. And if you told me that, like even just a couple weeks ago, you know, before I started finishing up watching tape on, you know, this class, uh, I would have said you were crazy, but I've, I'm starting to warm up to Deami Brown a little bit. 
again, maybe not to the extent of other people, but I do feel like that he's got some nice tools to work with. If the Bears want to take a shot on him in round two, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, and I don't have any more questions, man. I think you've done really good job kind of getting us prepared, and I'm just glad. I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. I'm just glad that we're finally almost here for the draft because this has been a long off season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I feel, you know, kind of burnt out in terms of tape watching and, you know, this preparation for the draft. So I'm kind of happy that I'm at the point right now where, you know, it's just talking about guys and, you know, having conversations about certain prospects. Uh, this is the time that I do tend to prefer uh, because at this point, I don't think I can watch any more football for like another couple weeks at the very least, just because I feel it's been, you're right. It's been such a long off season and I'm very happy that the draft is finally just a couple days away. Jacob, uh, did you want to plug any, anything before you let us go? Or before I yeah, let absolutely. You go? Uh, <laughs> Uh, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Infante 24. Uh, you can check me out at Windy City Gridiron and dra- and the Draft Wire. Uh, me and Danny Meehan just started a new podcast called the Lunch Pail Draftcast over at Windy City Gridiron. Uh, I recommend you check that out. Uh, I think it's pretty good. That's just my opinion on it. I think it, we do a, a pretty good job of you know breaking down draft prospects. But yeah, and also. I have a draft guide out. Uh, you can check it out on Patreon. It's the I'm pretty sure it's still my pinned tweet. So if you haven't already, I definitely recommend you check it out. And uh, any, you know, purchases or just feedback in general, greatly appreciated. But, yeah, that's where you all can find me. Uh, thank you again to the both of you for having me on. It's absolutely a great time. Anytime, man. We'll, we'll definitely do it again, too. Yeah, absolutely. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. And once again, that was Jacob Infante of Windy City Gridiron, the Draft Network, or Draft Wire, I'm sorry. Uh, very good stuff there. And Aaron, you know, with this being the draft here two days away, um, you know, I think we kind of did this last year. We kind of gave our predictions, and I know you've, run, you've done mock drafts. I've done plenty of mock drafts as well. We'll give our predictions on who we think the Bears are going to take and if they trade up to take someone. Um, at number 20 overall, then maybe we'll get in, you know, kind of a bold prediction um, as well. Do you want to go first with your prediction, Aaron? Yeah, so, you know, obviously my mock came out already, and I don't really know who's all read it yet, but, um, you know, Tevin Jenkins is my pick at 20. I'm, you know, assuming the Bears stay at 20. Uh, I, you know, and again, I, I know a lot of people are talking about corner right now as being a big need. I do agree, but at the same time, you know, you got Greg Newsom the second uh, that has had some injury concerns. He's never been through a full season um, at Northwestern, and then you got a guy in Caleb uh, Caleb Farley who he's a top ten talent. There's no debate there. But the problem is, I mean, and his medicals just kind of got released earlier today, and you're talking about multiple back surgeries, a torn ACL, multiple different injuries that he's had. I can tell you right now, we do not want to see this team go back to the Jerry Angelo and Phil Emery days of taking prospects that have medical 
flags and those becoming an issue because I can tell you right now the the you know availability is a hell of a lot more valuable than any ceiling that will never be reached and that's really what it comes down to now if the bears do uh, attempt to trade up I and I hope they do um, I'm you know I would say that Justin Fields is probably going to be the target I, and this is what I'm going to say I know a lot of people are saying right now that Justin Fields is probably going to be the fifth quarterback and he's going to be the one that falls I think that if the Bears can get into the top, let's just say top eight, top nine, I think that they could swing a deal for Justin Fields. If if not, if he's gone by then and Mac Jones is the one that falls out of the top ten, then I think you're probably looking at pick 12 or 13 where that would maybe make some sense. Again, I'm not overly in favor of that. As far as a bold prediction goes, you know, I'm just trying to think. Honestly, it feels – obviously everything feels pretty cut and dry – uh, you know what? I'll say this. I, I'll say the Bears are going to make three draft day trades this year. Obviously, not all within the first round or the first two or three rounds, but I think overall as a whole, especially with sitting on four, six round picks at this point, I think the Bears are going to do a lot of moving around, and I think they're. I think one of at least one of those will be a trade back, but I think they're going to make three draft day trades. Yeah, you know, I want to go offensive line as well. I do think that's probably their top need and in, in the more likely um, pick of the positions. And I do agree. I could see Tevin Jenkins as a, as a guy there, maybe Christian Darisol if he falls, uh, I don't think he will, but for the sake of this and to kind of keep it a little different, I'm going to go defensive back because I do think that is the second position on their list of, of need and who they target in the first round. And I think they're going to go after Caleb Farley out of Virginia tech. I, I think he is going to be a guy where teams are going to be a little concerned about the medicals, even though they were kind of rated good um, at the combine and, you know, he had the back surgery this offseason. He he sat out last year. So he hasn't really been on the football field since 2019. But he's a player where, you know, he's got first-round talent, probably has top 10, top 15 talent. I think he'll slip a little bit. And I think much like the Bears did with Eddie Jackson and even Jalen Johnson to an extent last year, you know, Jalen Johnson was a, a first-round talent, if not for that shoulder injury. I think they're going to kind of almost luck into finding a – a really good talent at number 20 um, in a player like Farley, who probably could go, you know, anywhere in that 12 to 15 range. I think pairing him with Jalen Johnson gives you two good corners, um, you know, for the, for the foreseeable future. Now, uh, in terms of bold prediction, um, you know, I'm, I want to say, you know, the bears will move up and, and trade for Justin Fields or the bears will move up and trade for Trey Lance. I kind of want to go an opposite route though. And I'm going to say this. I think the Bears are going to draft a quarterback. I'll say for my bold prediction, though, I don't think it's going to be in the first round. I don't think it's going to be in the second round. I don't think it's going to be in the third round. I think they're actually going to go with someone like Jamie Newman uh, on day three, and I'm not going to be happy with it. And I really don't want them to do it, but it'll be my bold prediction because it is something I can see them doing. I really hope they don't, but I could see them kind of waiting and, and you know, let the as the way the board falls on day one, they take, you know, a top talent there. They maybe see someone like Diami Brown in the second round, and then maybe even the third round, they see a guy that has, you know, second-round talent that's kind of slipping, maybe another offensive lineman, um, maybe another wide receiver if they don't go wide receiver in the second round, and they kind of just let their board fall. And, you know, another factor is maybe Kellen Mond gets overdrafted. Maybe Davis Mills gets overdrafted. Heck, maybe Kyle Trask even falls into that fifth round and the Bears take him. Or maybe they move up in the fourth round and take him. But I'll say that they'll take a quarterback and it'll be, it won't be won't be on day one or day two. 
We'll see, man. I, uh, I'm just, I, I, and I think you probably the same way. I'm just ready for everything to actually happen. I want to, I want it to be the end of day Saturday and us to know exactly who the bears drafted, you know, get a pretty good idea on the, in terms of, you know, big name or I shouldn't say big name, but you know, notable undrafted free agents that they sign and kind of start really getting an idea where this roster lies. And if they're going to be able to make any more minor moves in terms of, you know, let's just say, let's just hypothetically say they don't draft a corner high up but they still feel the need to go out and sign somebody like a Casey Hayward or a Richard Sherman or, you know, uh, you know, anybody in that level, or you, you, you get my point, you know, there, there's still multiple free agents out there that could be worthy of signing. Obviously the bears are a little short on money. And that's kind of the other key to this piece too, is going to be, you know, how does this all pan out after the draft? You know, the bears make their selections. They, you know, there's probably going to be a surprise move or two in there. How do the bears, you know, how are they able to afford to sign the draft class? You know, is there going to be any surprising cuts? Are we going to see a tight end in round two out of nowhere? You know, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's multiple questions that ultimately will be answered over the course of this week to really see how the bears roster is going to shape up and really what our expectations can be moving into 2021. And if there's gloom as they feel right now. Well, you know, that's also the thing about the draft is yeah, it's Thursday through Saturday and it is seven rounds, and it's all fun and exciting. But for me, I kind of like the post-draft stuff because not only do you get to, like, kind of really start to scout the 2022 class, and spoiler, for the first time ever, I'm going to release a 2022 mock next week. I've never done that before. I just kind of want to try it out and see how it's going. But also, at the same time, I mean, you've mentioned this before, you have the undrafted free agents. And, and like you said, there are free agents still out there um, you know, I guess, what are we going to call this? Wave three, wave four free agency? Um, that could be of value to the Bears and, you know, and, and also some cuts too. I mean, someone like Jimmy Graham could be cut and the Bears could save some money. So I, I think, yeah, while the draft is, you know, the premier event, it's awesome for these three days. It's the post-draft stuff that is also, you know, pretty damn exciting. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, it'll, it'll, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be very interesting because I think we're, we're also going to see, we're going to be able to really truly shape our expectations because that's the thing yeah. is I think a lot of us have been disappointed with free agency um, and how they've attacked everything. And there's been a lot of, well, let's just see what this roster looks like after the draft. Well, we're about to find out. We're about to really be able to set realistic expectations of what we can expect out of this team moving forward. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, hopefully, they address some needs here with the draft and hopefully they can address some needs post draft. Um, because if not, man, I, I don't know. I, I think if the bears don't go up and get a top tier quarterback, I think they're really going to struggle. And, you know, I think they're going to be really damn bad, which might help them for a loaded 2022 quarterback class as well. Or they're going to be in that range where they were last year of, you know, what would it be eight, nine, nine and eight now. And, kind of, you know, squeak into the playoffs to do that last spot and then potentially save, you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy save themselves, which is not ideal. So we'll wait. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Yeah, and you can follow the Bear Report at Just Bear Report on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, we still have full draft coverage coming this week. Aaron just released his mock draft. I'm releasing mine um, tomorrow. 
and we'll have plenty more, um, including, you know, prospects to watch on day three, day two, and day one, as well as coverage after the draft. We'll be back next week to kind of wrap things up and recap the draft um, and what the Bears did. So hopefully, you know, maybe we talk about Justin Fields landing in Chicago. That'd be kind of nice. Uh, until then, everyone, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all major podcasting platforms, and please stay safe. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com